All right. Well, I tried, ladies and gentlemen. I tried to do something. So I was, what I was trying to do is I was trying to get the the live stream to also stream to Telegram, and it won't connect to the server, even though the server and the server key and everything are correct. So I don't quite know what the issue is. Um, not exactly sure. But I was trying to get it on Telegram, too, for everybody on Telegram to watch. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, it didn't work. We'll keep playing with it, see if we can figure out what's going on and and what can actually make that thing run and function properly. All right. Casey Hendrickson here. SilverFoxArt.com Studios. Thank you for tuning in. Finally got my microphone all situated properly. It's uh, had some issues with uh, the, the shock mount and everything else being kind of jacked up. So I finally got that fixed. Hopefully, the sound quality will be slightly a little bit better. Less, less bumpy, less side noises and things like that. That's really just been a me being lazy sort of a thing. So hopefully that's up and running real good. Stream looks fine. Uh, rearrange some stuff. Hopefully things didn't get too too jacked up or too screwed up. So thank you for joining me. And again, go to silverfoxart.com. They're a wonderful sponsor making this stream possible. And you can also follow them on Instagram, silver.fox.art. lot to cover today. Fast and furious today. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah, it's been one of those days. So it's just been one of those, one of those days where <laughs> a lot's been done, but I don't feel very productive. So we'll we'll see what we can we can get done here. All right, let's start off with they're totally not coming for your kids. All right, you got a preschool teacher who reads a book that she reads to her four year old students about kids becoming transgender and nine non binary four year old kids. And again, my daughter's five, and um. This is not anywhere in their wheelhouse of what they're even thinking about. So what you have is you have adults with a captive audience trying to confuse children as opposed to just letting kids be kids. And then when they get older and they start having these thoughts on their own, guiding them through that process. Uh, this is, again, grooming behavior. Uh, you're, you're basically, I know that there's some people here. Okay, I know that not everybody's a groomer. But there's some people here who honestly think, because they don't know anything about kids, they honestly think, that three and four and five year olds that they're doing this that they're not they aren't every every three four and five year old child that I have met and it has been thousands of them this is never in their wheelhouse they're not discussing it they're not thinking about it none of this is the thing uh, they like the clothes that they they like they like the colors that they like that's it they like the toys that they like they're not considering any of this they're they're not thinking about it. Until an adult tells them to think about it, and until an adult puts thoughts in their head that maybe they're not what they always thought they were, and then they get confused. And that's because you have a captive audience of children who can't process this information. So this is what predatory behavior ends up looking like. And by predatory, I don't mean sexual predatory, like like she's a pedophile or anything. I don't mean that. But she's using the innocence of children to manipulate their minds. And because they're a captive audience, that is what she's doing. I have an ant crawling on my my camera up there. So hopefully I don't get eaten by a bunch of ants today. We'll see how that goes. That's a big old ant, too. Huh. Anyway. So here she is reading the book that she reads to her four-year-old students. Looking for a way to talk to your kids about being transgender, non-binary, no. or even cisgender? No. Check out my new video. You might feel like a boy. You might feel like a girl. You might feel like both boy and girl or like neither. You might feel like your gender changes from day to day or from year to year. You might feel that none of these words describe you perfectly. You might not be sure yet. Maybe you're still figuring it out. 
Mm -hmm. Your feelings about your gender are real. Listen to your heart. No matter what your gender identity is, you are okay exactly the way you are. And you are loved. It feels good to be yourself, doesn't it? Now, of course, you know, in the midst of all of this stuff that doesn't make any sense, you know, it's okay to feel how you feel. True. You're loved. True. So they, they mix in these very confusing messages with, you know, messages of affirmation. And, you know, again, four-year-olds are not, they're, they're not thinking about this. This is not appropriate for four-year-olds. It's not appropriate for five or six or seven or eight-year-olds. It's just, it's not. This is not what they're thinking about. Okay. My five-year-old, we, we had this, it's funny, this, like this thing happened the other night. My five-year-old told me she was going to marry the dog a couple of days ago because she loves the dog. She's going to marry the dog. Okay. That's not somebody who can process swapping genders based on the day of the week. That's not, <laughs> that isn't how it works. <laughs> okay. And, and anybody who has a five-year-old can tell you this. This woman doesn't have a five-year-old. I know she doesn't have a five-year-old. But there are people out there who have five-year-olds who are just forcing this stuff on their five-year-old. And because you force it on the five-year-old and you get the five-year-old confused and they start saying some things, trying to respond to you and trying to please you, then all of a sudden you go, oh, she came out to me as non-binary. No, no, they didn't. You basically put a bunch of gobbledygook in their head and steer the conversation. And now you're you're trying to virtue signal so you can get accepted into various uh, groups of society. It's not appropriate. Then you've got this guy. La douche, okay? So Jason Rance is a radio host. Uh, so anyway, a Bothell music teacher offered a not-so-subtle warning to parents to not pull their kids from his upcoming LGBT-themed lesson. One outraged parent is calling it a veiled threat. So Adam Bacot, or Bacot, whatever his name is, he's a teacher of music at Lockwood Elementary School in North Shore School District, okay? So he's a music teacher. I don't know how many of you had music classes growing up. I assume most of you did. We didn't discuss anything but music in that class, like at all. Nothing else. Nothing else came up, ever. Only music. How to play, how to read, how, how to sing, how to do whatever. It was all music. There were no lesson plans for the gay community. Didn't exist because it's not appropriate. You're there to learn music. It's a music class. So anyway... He informed parents of an upcoming lesson on the music of Elton John and Freddie Mercury to bring awareness to the fact that they are gay and that not being heteronormative, an inclusive way of saying not the same as the majority, is okay. Why why can't you just do a whole thing on Elton John and Freddie Mercury and leave who they slept with out of it? Because it's not relevant. How about that? Freddie Mercury is still, in my opinion, the greatest frontman of all time. Sexuality has nothing to do with any of that. It's music. You got to teach them about their music. That's that's it. Okay? It's not, it's not um, Elton John is one of the greatest musicians of all time. Oh, he's gay, so let's have a whole gay lesson plan on it. That's not how that works. You don't do that for any other genre of anything. Okay? You don't have somebody who's like, you know, 1-1024th Cherokee who was famous for music one day and sit down and go, okay, we got to talk about Cherokee Nation now. Because we're in a music class and they were 1,024th Cherokee. That's not how it works. This is a teacher who's using Elton John and Freddie Mercury, which, by the way, I probably assume that Elton John would be pretty pissed off about this, but using Elton John and Freddie Mercury 
as an excuse to proselytize to your kids. That's what this is. Students should be aware of the consequences of skipping out on the lesson. So, again, the the lesson is, you know, you, you can leave the lesson. You don't have to participate in the music class lesson about gay and trans issues, which is totally not relevant to Elton John or Freddie Mercury in their music careers at all. But students should be aware of the consequences of skipping out on that lesson. In fact, Backett offered a warning to those who wish to be excluded from the discussion. Though the the class is supposed to cover music, Backett emailed parents and said that he'd focus on a number of non-music-related materials. I will keep my discussions age-appropriate by focusing on these points. Some families have two moms and dads, not relevant to Elton John or Freddie Mercury. These people should be able to love whoever they want. Also not relevant to Elton John or Freddie Mercury's music. People who are not heteronormative have been treated unfairly, and that's not right. Also not relevant to Elton John or Freddie Mercury. Everyone should be proud of who they are. Yeah, you should be teaching that to every single kid that you have in your class without zeroing in on Elton John and Freddie Mercury as an excuse to talk to your kids about LGBT stuff. The lesson is optional, Baca wrote, if these points are are contrary to the beliefs that you and your family teach, please instruct your child to quietly excuse themselves and go to another teacher's music portable until the discussion is over. He then warns that your child will likely be ostracized by the class if they do so. I would also recommend that you prepare your child to answer the inevitable questions that other students may have about why they left. Our students are curious, compassionate, and inclusive, so they may wonder. Oh, okay. One parent called it a veiled threat, which it, which it absolutely is. And the way that he phrases this, right? And this is how some, some twisted people do this stuff. They phrase the question with, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach people to accept everybody for whoever they are. And if that's contrary to your beliefs because you're a bigot, blah, 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 blah. And that's not at all what, what this is about. This is about you're using Elton John and Freddie Mercury as an excuse to proselytize to children about LGBTQ issues. That's what you're doing. That's wrong. That is predatory behavior. You don't do that. It's not appropriate for a music class, even if you keep the discussion age-appropriate. It's not appropriate. The fact that Elton John is gay has nothing to do with mutant music class. Same thing with Freddie Mercury. You should be talking about their talents, the music that they made, and if somebody in the class says, hey, wasn't Elton, wasn't, wasn't Freddie Mercury gay? Yeah, he was gay. All right, cool. If somebody asks a question after that, then maybe you can offer a follow-up it's like well you know whatever or you can say talk to your parents about it that's what most teachers growing up did talk yeah go ahead and talk to your parents about it they'll, they'll answer any questions you have and you move on you focus on the music but no he wants to talk about lgbtq issues and so he's used those musicians as a way to do it and then what he has basically said is anybody who doesn't like me using these musicians as a way to go ahead and proselytize to your children you're a bigot, and as a result, um, your bigotry will be noted when your child leaves the classroom, and your kid's probably going to be ostracized and, of course, bullied and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, this is a guy who deserves to be fired. He, he doesn't belong around kids at all and, and seems like a very manipulative and predatory individual. Next, if, of course, you don't go along with the lesson plans that the teachers want, well, then you might get a lower grade. Uh, here's what we got here. The Multicultural Education Course at the University of Mount Union instructs future educators to incorporate racial and LGBT-focused lessons in their classrooms. So, all right, 
The course aims to help students self-reflect and gain sociocultural awareness and evaluate multicultural education as an instrument of change that promotes human rights. However, two students told Campus Reform that they received lower grades because they disagree with the course's woke content. Class of 2024 education major Sammy Orlowski expressed her frustration with the grading process, telling Campus Reform, I got lower grades on some of my assignments because they were opinion-based and not what the professor wanted to hear, even though he asked for our opinion. Well, yeah, they asked for your opinion because they want to know who the problem students are. Now, Orlowski's not alone. Mount Union senior Landon Talbert told Campus Reform the professor claimed to be open to any sort of opinions when responding to prompts, but any responses that didn't agree with the author's point would always score lower. Right. There's more to it here. You can go into the details if you want on your own. But this is what we we have. So you can you can leave the lesson like the previous music teacher said, but you know, you're a bigot if you do it. Um, I would love to have your opinions. Let's have an intelligent discussion, right? This is all about uh, discourse and being able to share multi- multiple ideas. And, oh, but you said something I don't like, so you get a lower grade. So then you force people to conform, which is, again, what they do in a totalitarian society. They go out there and they tell you, this is like the, this is like the old Harry Reid, your taxes are voluntary nonsense. Harry Reid was given an interview many, many years ago and... He claimed that taxes were voluntary in the United States. And, of course, they're not voluntary. They're compulsory. And the, re- the reviewer was basically saying, well, no, they're, they're, they're not voluntary. They're compulsory. Because if you don't pay your taxes, you're going to go to jail. And Harry Reid's like, well, well yeah, but you, you get to you pay your taxes. We don't just take it out of your paycheck. You, you pay your taxes. So because you do it and then we correct it, it's, it's voluntary. It was a really twisted, messed up way of trying to say we had a voluntary tax system, which of course we don't, because if you don't pay your taxes, you get fined or you go to jail. It is 100% compulsory. If it was voluntary, you wouldn't have to pay them. But Harry Reid tried to twist it that way. And that's kind of what, what they do. You're allowed to have your own opinion. Uh, if you share your opinion and I don't like it, though, you're going to get a lower grade. That's really on you. That's not on me. You're allowed to share your opinion, whatever your opinion is. But if I don't like it, you're going to get a lower grade. You're allowed to leave this lesson if you want, which is totally irrelevant to my class. You're allowed to leave that lesson if you want, but your kid's going to get bullied at school because of it. And you need to be prepared to have them to have some questions on that. Okay, what if what if the parents who had their kids leave that music class, though? Just as an, as an aside here. He told parents to have those kids prepared to answer questions from other students as to why they left. Hey, why'd you leave uh, when you know the Elton John, Freddie Mercury thing came up? Oh, well, because uh, my parents said that the music teacher is a groomer and is inappropriately teaching things that are not relevant to the coursework. And they should probably be fired and not be allowed to work around kids again. Would that be an acceptable answer then? Could you prepare your kids to say that? And how would the teacher respond if that were the case? Would they call a parent-teacher conference? Because I would love to be the parent who went to that. That would be great stuff. But again, totally irrelevant. So you go along with the program. If you don't go along with the program, it's your choice, but you're going to be punished anyway. Next, this is another example, okay? So this is Cornell Belcher um, telling Democrats in a very inarticulate way, uh, you'll understand here in a minute, that, hey, we've got to scare the hell out of them. This is a standard Democrat process. A standard Democrat process is to scare everybody, okay? 
uh, your, as you're going to hear here, you're going to lose democracy, which they don't even know what that means. You're going to, they're not going to count you in the census. Uh, they're going to lock you up in chains. Various democratic platitudes that we've heard since 2000. You know, they're going to do this to you. They're going to do that to you. And, you know, they're going to hang you from trees and this sort of stuff if you don't vote. Uh, you're not black if you don't vote for me. You know, that sort of thing. Okay. So here's him basically saying, like, we've got to scare minorities. And I, I apologize. This guy stammers on incoherently for about 60 of the, of the 72 seconds here. Democracy. Um, because that, that is what's on the line. Uh, Nick, what yes, democracy is on the line. Is, oh. you know, you've covered. I mean, for us, it is not for you. All these states. Hold on a second ideals of okay to that that third that Dow's talking about they got to understand they have skin in the game skin and in right the game now they don't really believe they have skin in the game yeah you don't have skin the in the game black people. campaigns we got to we got to give them a reason to feel they have skin in the game that this mm. is important to them mm. that losing democracy is important to them losing and whether it okay. be not whether or not it be telling women that you know what women you think you're losing your rights now what what do you think what rights are women losing what rights are they losing? Oh, no, there's two states now where there's no Planned Parenthood. Okay, so you go next door to the next state and you get an abortion if you want to. So you take a road trip. What right are you losing? What right are you losing? They don't know. They, they, they keep running around and, and pointing this out. You're not losing any rights. There's been no, there's been no law changes. What's going to happen if we if we don't have democracy? You know what, African Americans, particularly African American men, who are showing the lowest motivation to turn out in this midterm, you think things are, are tough for you right now? Mm. Where do you think you're going to stand in a, in a, in a country in, a, in America where there where there's no democracy, where they have absolutely no, no interest or at all in in respecting your respecting your respecting your rights? We've got respecting to get, your rights. Okay. let these people understand that they've got skin in this game uh, and they've got, and they got, we got scared the hell out of them because quite, quite frankly, Nicole, they should be afraid that we're going to lose our democracy. And then she says, of course, that's what's on the line. Our democracy is on the line. Okay. One of the reasons that black men right now are not motivated to vote in the midterms for Democrats is because they don't believe that the Democrats represent their best interest. If you think that things are tough for you now, well, yeah, they do think that things are tough for them now because things are tough for them now. They're a lot tougher than they were over the previous administration in which you had record low unemployment rates among black Americans, record high business ownership rates among black Americans, record high wages, record high savings, record low, uh, well, I should say record record high credit scores, uh, record low debt previously. Um, you know, you go through the list of things that were better for black Americans under President Trump, criminal justice reform, investing in black colleges, all of the things that, that were done under that previous administration that Democrats have been promising the black community forever that they would do, and then have totally abandoned and not done. So, yeah, you do tend to run into, if you're on TikTok at all, like I said, just take a look at the sheer volume of young black men who get it. They get it. They're waking up. They understand what's going on. The walkaway stuff and Blexit and all of that are, are paying dividends. And so this is a guy, we got to scare the hell out of him because you don't have anything else to tell them. If you think things are bad now, things are bad. Guys, it's been a year and a half and their life is much worse now. Their bank accounts are worse off now than they were the previous four, even with a lockdown. 
So you don't have any actual issues to campaign on. Women, you're losing your rights. What rights? The Supreme Court hasn't made a ruling yet. What rights? Two states that women don't want to live in anyway, liberal women, uh, don't have Planned Parenthood clinics anymore. So buy a condom, get birth control, or go next door to a state that legalizes abortion. You'll be fine. You haven't lost any rights. Is it slightly more inconvenient for you to kill your baby? Sure. Well, I think a lot of people would consider that a trade-off, you know, based on the baby having rights and everything. But now it's just, you know, black Americans, particularly black men, we have to scare the hell out of them. Well, that's the entire reason that we have anti-police, defund the police, all the crime waves, because you scared the hell out of black people by making them believe that police officers were hunting them down as if they were livestock or, or something like that and there was open season. None of that was true. It was all a lie. And what about our democracy is, up, is, is going away? I mean, I can give you examples of Democrats taking away the democracy, but you can't give me any examples of Republicans or conservatives taking away democracy. Our democracy is hindered upon it. First of all, representative republic. Got to throw that out there. Not an actual democracy. We're a representative republic. But other than that, it's only Democrats that are proposing repealing rights right now. There's no Republicans proposing repealing rights. There is a Supreme Court issue, potentially on Roe v. Wade, and that is the only thing where you could even say, I had a right to an abortion, and now I may not have a right to an abortion based on the Supreme Court, in which case, people like me have been arguing forever, really what has to happen is is that needs to be handled by the legislature. The Supreme Court doesn't get to make law. And the Supreme Court made law with Roe v. Wade, which was illegal. And Roe v. Wade was always a bad ruling. Ruth Bader Ginsburg agrees with moi, doesn't agree with anybody else. So the at that point, you're going to have Congress dealing with it. You'll have the states dealing with it. All it does is kick abortion right back to the states where it belongs uh, because it is not a constitutional issue in the federal constitution, period. So what else? What else you got? Because we got free speech issues. We've got Second Amendment issues. We've got tons of other stuff that are constantly being proposed to be repealed by the left, but the right isn't actually doing anything with the exception of, and I will grant you the abortion thing if you really want to argue that, even though you don't have a constitutional right to an abortion. Yeah, no no real answer there. You notice that, um, speaking of scaring the hell out of people, um, how about that? How about the fact that on Juneteenth, Black Lives Matter told white people they were not welcome at the cookout for Juneteenth? How about that? Don't scare the hell out of people? Yeah, maybe, maybe tell people to stop doing that. Of course, he wants people to do this. He wants people to alienate. He wants people to be divided because he doesn't want white people and black people to, to co-mingle and coexist because, of course, that means you can't, you can't turn them against each other. So we got to scare the hell out of black people. Well, when you scare the hell out of black people, you get white people not being allowed to a Juneteenth cookout because Black Lives Matter doesn't want any white people around. Then when you scare the hell out of people, you get this. So for those of you who are listening to the audio, the audio podcast of this, this is the guy with a Biden bumper, or was it an anti, anti-Trump sticker or a pro-Biden sticker on his car? It might have been an anti-Trump sticker. An anti-Trump bumper sticker on his car drove through a pro-Trump shop and nearly killed a woman and her child. There's another guy standing in the aisle, but they said that there was a woman and her child who were shopping right where this vehicle rammed into the store just moments before it actually happened. Would have killed them. So for those of you on the video, watch watch this. Drove right through. And they were saying that 
right before, there's a woman and her child shopping right here. They would have been killed by this car. Just before he did that, there was a little boy and his mother shopping right in that spot. It's a Keith Lambert, the store's owner. The clerk was about to go to the bathroom, and he would have gotten hit. Thank God nobody got hurt. That's all I can say. When you scare the hell out of people, like that douche over there on CNN was talking about, you get people who drive their vehicles through through political stores. You get violence. That's what you get. You don't want to scare the hell out of people. You want to tell them the truth. And telling them that our democracy is going away because of the conservatives, that's not, that's not the truth, and you know that that's not the truth. The opposite is true, and I can provide demonstrable examples of that. He can't provide any demonstrable examples of what he's claiming. So instead of focusing on policy, they're just going to scare the hell out of black Americans. That's the goal. I'm going to pay some bills. We'll be back. We're going to talk about swamp math because Janet Yellen uh, got obliterated in a congressional hearing. We'll talk about that next. And again, Casey Hendrickson here in the Silver Fox Art Studios. Foxart.com. Follow them on Instagram, silver.fox.art. All right. Let's talk about Representative Smucker here. Um, this is this is a really good exchange with Janet Yellen. And I've I've gone over this. Joe Biden increased spending, he didn't reduce it. You know, Joe Biden's running around lying about this. Um, basically, what we had is we had COVID spending that was way up here. And that COVID spending was set to expire and then take spending back down here. Okay. What Joe Biden did is he spent a little bit more and he, he increased what it would have come down to, to up to here, about $500 billion roughly. Okay. He wants to spend trillions more. And then when all of this normally drops off, it comes down to where Biden's spending is, but it would have dropped below back to normal spending. So they're still claiming that, no, no, it's going to drop down because, you know, like yeah, all the COVID spending is ending. All the temporary spending that was already allocated to end is going to be ending if Joe Biden didn't do anything. So Joe Biden actually raised spending and is still claiming the difference is him cutting. Okay. It's a lie. So anyway, Representative Smucker uh, was able to get Janet Yellen on all of this. And I want, he has a nice shiny graph and a chart and everything else. I want you to just hear her responses because she doesn't really have any answers here. She doesn't have any answers here at all about how the administration is lying about spending. Have a look. Seeing deficits and debt. We agree that that's important going forward. Is that right? Just confirming that. Well, agreeing on, on deficits Yes. Desirable to reduce. And I was, I was glad to hear that the president uh, seems to have come to that realization recently as well. Uh, I want to show you, though, I have a chart that sh shows the deficits on an annual basis. And you can see this is 2019. We have essentially two and a half years that were affected by COVID which we we all allow for that. We know that the, the spending was higher than, it was all deficit spending, by the way. But the year after COVID, the first year of the budget that we're here discussing today is higher than the deficit was uh, before COVID hit. And then it goes up on an upward trajectory every single year uh, with one slight exception there uh, during this budget. How can you claim that you're reducing deficits or how can the Biden administration claim that deficits are being reduced in this 10-year budget? Well, it's, it's a reduction relative to what we inherited. Uh, so there's not a real reduction in the deficit? 
Well, obviously the baseline does have deficits rising, but proposals that we have made would. So we're not, so we're not accomplishing the goal of reducing the deficit in any way in this budget? We have not proposed policies that would lead to greater deficits. And in the next 10-year uh, period. But, but we're leading to greater deficits in every year. Yeah. So, that, so that's, I, I call that swamp math. You go outside of the Beltway one step, and there is no one in America who will believe that the Biden administration is reducing deficits. It's harmful to the future of the country. And I don't understand how you can be claiming that deficits are being reduced when it obviously is not the case. I uh, also want to. Okay, very, very simple. You know, in Washington, D.C., the swamp math stuff is, uh, well, you know, we, we increased spending, but we reduced the spending that was going to be increased, and therefore we, we cut. No, you didn't. You didn't cut anything. <laughs> you still increased spending. That's all money that hasn't been spent yet. So you got this this uh, COVID reduction. Boom. Okay. This is all COVID stuff. This is meant to drop down. Okay. Biden increased spending. On, it was supposed to drop down more. Biden increased spending on that. And then his budget, again, continues. Let's see if I find you this. Find you a good chart here. There we go. Again, the blue stuff is him. Boop, 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 boop. The other stuff is, again, the, uh, the Democrat budget that was passed before. And still increasing spending. It's just because you reduced the amount that you were going to increase. We were going to spend one trillion, but now we're only spending nine hundred billion. Uh, when you're you're still having shortfalls, it's this swamp math that he he talked about. So it, this is something that happens in politics. Republicans and Democrats do this. If you reduce an increase, it's called a cut. You didn't cut anything. You just reduced an increase, but you still increased. That's how it works. If you increase spending by $200 billion, but you were going to increase it by $300 billion, you didn't cut spending $100 billion. You increased it to $200 billion. How it is. But they say, no, we cut $100 billion. No, you didn't. You increased spending, period. But they're trying to pretend that they didn't. Uh, and we can go back and talk about that budget and everything else that happened with that, because that was a fiasco. That was an absolute fiasco. Um, but this is the type of swamp dwelling stuff that you got to be aware of. There is no cut. Okay. There's only an increase in spending. That's all there is with the exception of that one year right there. You know, you got these guys pretty much even, you got that one year, little slight drop and it shoots back up again. So they make up for it later. All right. Let's talk about Bill Nye. Bill Nye is not a smart guy. Of course, he's not a science guy. Everybody knows that. Um, but it's, it's important to note. This is a guy who's routinely wrong about a lot of basic stuff. I get what he was trying to do here, okay? I'm not going to beat him up too much, all right? Allow me to not beat Bill Nye up too much on this. I understand what he was trying to do. I understand he was trying to show support and solidarity for Juneteenth, even though BLM doesn't want white people to go to Juneteenth cookouts. I get that, okay? But if you're going to take the time, especially if you're a public figure, I don't understand why people don't do this anyway, just as routine basic processes of posting when you take a position on something i don't know why people don't actually look up what they're posting i don't get it i really don't drives me bonkers if i have a visceral reaction to something um you know maybe i have a, a joking reaction to it but i'm rarely going to go into any details or fact-based posting if i haven't actually looked at it i don't understand why other people do 
it makes themselves look foolish, and then they don't understand why they look foolish, and then they go on defense. It's just a whole thing. Bill Nye is a public figure, and he's a public figure who likes to pretend he's intelligent, and yet he consistently gets basic things wrong. So he posts this on Twitter. The United States we know today was built with the labor of enslaved black Americans. Not true. Not true. Debunked nonsense, okay? America was not built upon the backs of slave labor. If you're going to make the case that modern America was built on slave labor, the Chinese win, okay? Because they built the railroads, and the railroads led to a lot of stuff that happened out west and expansion of the country and that sort of thing. But the country wasn't built on that. Did it happen? Was it large swaths of the southern, southern economy? Yeah, absolutely. But the country itself wasn't built by slave labor. Very, very small pockets of slavery in the United States overall and had very little to no impact on the development of the country. But except, if you're going to make that case, then you have to make the case for, for uh, the Chinese uh, predominantly who are used as slave labor uh, for the railroads. Even though the United States was responsible for that slavery, they allowed, they allowed these slavers who controlled the Chinese workers um, to engage in this slavery from China. So anyway, he's wrong about that, okay? Slave labor didn't build America. It's untrue. It's been debunked. You can easily look this up. The last, meaning the slaves, the last were not freed officially until the 19th of June, 1865. Let us celebrate and never forget. And then he holds up a U.S. Constitution. Okay. Um, also not true. The last slaves were not freed on the 19th of June, 1865. That is not true. Uh, but nonetheless, he did that. He also held up the Constitution. I'm assuming he's re referencing the 13th Amendment. Okay, that's got nothing to do with June. This whole post is wrong. He basically alludes to three things here, and all three are incorrect. So, once again, Bill Nye just posts something. He's virtue signaling. Again, I know what he was trying to do. I could appreciate what he was trying to do, but it's all incorrect. And if we continue to teach incorrect history we are going to have some serious problems. For the record, okay? Not, not for the record, just a question for you guys. Post in the comments below. What state was the last state to abolish slavery and the last state to have slaves in the United States? Comment right now. Just comment in the post on Rumble. If you're on Rumble, just comment right now, okay? What state in the United States was the last state to abolish slavery and the last state who actually had slaves. Comment now. So Bill Nye posts this. A lot of people fact-checked him. This is not true. Juneteenth doesn't commemorate the 13th Amendment. It commemorates news of the Emancipation Proclamation reaching Texas, and then they talk about two Union states had slavery until December of 1865. For the record, Sonny McSunnyface is also wrong. They're correct, but still wrong. There's another state in there that's being missed. So they go through December 6th, 1865. That's when the 13th Amendment went into effect and slavery in Delaware and Kentucky also ended. Read that thing that you're holding up. We wouldn't have needed a 13th Amendment if slavery could have been ended by executive order. Now, once again, he says... 
there were enslaved black Americans until the 19th of June, 1865, and then he holds up the Constitution. The 13th Amendment wasn't passed in June of 1865. Didn't pass until December, okay? So that's why a lot of people are like, hey, you know, Juneteenth, I, again, I've always said Juneteenth in spirit probably makes sense to be a holiday. Is it the second uh, Independence Day? Absolutely not. But does it probably deserve to be a holiday? Sure. Very interesting story behind it. A lot of people have argued that December would be a more appropriate time, but you got the whole Christmas holiday and the New Year thing, and ah, it's a whole thing. Would it be more historically accurate? Sure. But also, President's Day isn't Lincoln and Washington's birthday either. So, ah, you know, it's just a whole thing, right? So I've always said that Juneteenth probably should be a holiday. Uh, people understand the spirit of Juneteenth. Makes sense. It's a national holiday now. Is that when slavery ended in the United States? No. Not at all. Not even close. 13th Amendment passed in December. The 13th Amendment passed in December. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over to the comments here because I want to see this. I'm going to refresh this. I am, okay, so you got uh, Delaware. Delaware has been guest. Very interesting. Okay, nobody's in the actual comment section. They're all in the live chat, which is fine, which is fine. Delaware is the one. D.C. is another one, okay? All right, well, mm, Delaware is close. Now, Delaware and Kentucky, as this has been pointed out, okay? Um, Delaware and Kentucky, where is it here? Here we go. Did have slaves. Sorry, I hate how auto, auto does that. Did have slaves. Did have slavery, okay? Even though they're union states. Union states, not confederate. Union states. Delaware and Kentucky did have slaves until December of 1865, obviously way after June, okay? However, there's one more state. Nobody that I saw got this. There's one more state, okay? There is one more state. So allow me to go to um, the Fake News Flash Twitter account because I did a fact check on this, okay? And I'm just getting started back on Fake News Flash and I don't care about my followers, whatever. Slavery continued, in three northern states after June 19, 1865, Kentucky and Delaware had slavery until December of 1865. New Jersey had slavery until January 1866. New Jersey was the last state to officially end slavery in the United States by ratifying the 13th Amendment. That's right. New Jersey holds the distinct honor, New Jersey, of being the last slave state in the United States of America. There weren't that many. There were only 16 slaves in the state of New Jersey at the time of ratification, okay, in January of 1866. There were a little, <clears throat> excuse me, a little under 100 apprentices for a life in New Jersey at that time. So did they have a lot? No, but they still had them. New Jersey is the last state to end slavery. Don't believe me? All right, here's the Wikipedia on it. Wait, did it? Uh, hold on, I gotta go down here. There we go. Uh, however, slavery legally persisted in Delaware and Kentucky, and to a very limited extent, New Jersey, until the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution abolished slavery throughout the United States on December 18th, 1865. Not June. Ending the distinction between slave and free states. New Jersey was the last state to outlaw slavery on January 23rd, 1866, when in his first official act as governor, Marcus L. Ward of Newark signed a state constitutional amendment that brought about an absolute end to slavery in the state. 
In other words, the institution of slavery in New Jersey survived even after the passage of the 13th Amendment. Now, if you go here, this is a whole book on on Juneteenth and slavery and everything else. You start getting over here, um, and you can see this is in New Jersey, okay? Uh, The 13th Amendment abolished slavery. New Jersey did not ratify this amendment until 1866. 16 enslaved persons remained in the state. Apprentices for life, probably fewer than 100, were freed at that time. Slaves for a term were also freed. Those are indentured servants, okay? People had a contract for a period of time to be, be slaves, and then they were allowed to be freed. New Jersey is the state that had slaves longer than any other state. So after Juneteenth, there were three northern states that still had slaves. Delaware, Kentucky, and of course, you had New Jersey. Very interesting stuff. All right. Next, I let's end on something fun. Okay. Even though that I love that bit of history on there. And I, I don't know. Does New Jersey teach that? That'd be interesting to know if New Jersey teaches that. The garden state that doesn't allow you to grow your own garden. Uh let's see. Oh, by the way, this is um the sources, and just in case you're curious, you're looking at it. Okay, this is uh Rutgers University talking about that. But all right. I got this this thread, I I've had this thread for a while now, but I I think it's hysterical. Not just any AR fifteen. Da 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 da. Gun grabbers thread on the Descent AR-15 and evil NRA messaging. Accidentally the best gun ad ever and LOL. Okay, this is Ryan Boos or Boosie. I don't know. We'll call him Boosie for obvious reasons. Word of the day, Boosie. (laughs) A thread on our next shooting, uh, shooting AS show, what, I don't know. Uh, The NRA, NSSF, firearms industry are continuing to radicalize our country with a very specific example. AR-15 company CMMG recently announced their Descent AR-15 pistol. Uh Uh-oh. It's not just any AR-15. This gun is one of a growing number of pistol brace guns that are meant to evade the regulations set forth in the 1934 National Firearms Act that strictly regulated short-barreled rifles. Guns like this that are very short and easy to hide. Yeah, Ryan Boosie, try and hide an AR pistol. Let's see how easy that is. Go ahead and try and hide an AR pistol. See how easy that is. Anyway, companies like CMMG uh, figured out that they could cheat the law by making a pistol AR-15 and then marketing add-on brace or stock. That's a brace. It's not a stock to allow the buyer to turn it into a rifle and they decided to market the gun as some sort of Christian nationalist statement. Note the Lord's Prayer on his arm. Oh, what a piece of crap. He's so Christian. He's got the Lord's Prayer on there? Oh, man. He must be evil, right? What a dingus. So anyway, Twitchy wrote, Christian nationalist. <laughs> Moreover, the gun is being marketed as a way to resist tyrannical government. Yes, as it should be. Not-so-subtle language about buying this gun to use in some sort of holy civil war is right on their website. Note that like Trump, they slip in peaceful, as if an attorney advised it at last minute. Speaking of Trump's speech, where he called for, multiple times, peaceful protest of the January 6th certification. So this is the mission statement. 
The dissent is more than just a product. It is a platform to voice our peaceful opposition to the censorship and infringements that affect law-abiding gun owners across America. The dissent is peaceful opposition to big tech and justly silencing 2A advocates across their platforms, erasing their First Amendment rights and the idea of democracy in the process. Well, they're just they're just throwing in peaceful. Well, if they don't throw in peaceful, you'll accuse them of violent rhetoric. You know, like that guy who's the token member of the squad basically saying that it'll be a civil war. Or, or other people saying that there would be, you know, a, a civil war like Joe Biden saying there'd be a civil war on Jimmy Kimmel's show uh, if Roe v. Wade is, is overturned. Mm-hmm. Or a rebellion, whatever he called it. Well, here's the thing. You know, one of the reasons that a lot of stuff doesn't get done in a tr- tyrant's mind is because they know at the end of the day they've got to deal with people who are armed. That's the truth. So if you're armed and you're an armed populace, at the end of the day, the government tyrants have to take that into account. And if you're not armed, they don't have to take that into account. Then you get people like Justin Trudeau going out there going, you don't have a right to use a gun to defend yourself. Sorry. You don't have that constitutional right. You can go hunting if you want, but you can't shoot somebody who's trying to rape your family. Can't do that. So anyway, he continues. Uh, It's always cute to see gun grabbers pretend that we have Second Amendment for hunting. Yes, always true. The Boulder shooter used one of these type guns made by Ruger. Uh, I don't believe it was uh, an AR pistol. I could be wrong. I don't think it was an AR pistol. They're easy to hide and just as powerful as any other AR-15. They're not easy to hide. Uh, BATF is working to revise regulations now. And of course, we will find a way around those regulations because we love America. There is massive industry resistance. And now radical companies like CMMG suggest civil war. They didn't suggest civil war. They straight up said, if you take away our constitutional rights, there will be one. What's wrong with that? Assuming marketing works and assuming these people are serious about using these guns to make some sort of armed patriotic statement, I hope no one is surprised when the next horrific event hits the news. Yeah, well, most of those are pistols, and I don't ever see you mouthing off about that. But, of course, you got a bunch of people out there um, (laughs) who are mocking him, making fun of him. A dismissive masturbatory gesture. Thanks for the information. Now I'm going to see if it's a good price or not. <laughs> uh, thanks to Clown Ryan, CMMG just realized a 70% jump in quarter two sales. I certainly just got in the market for one. Pew, pew. Uh, sweet. I hate when they don't post the link. And then he posted the link. All right, let's go take a look at the Descent AR, shall we? So you hop onto their website. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, the right of the people, the right of the people, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Boy, it's amazing how confused some people are about that statement, but I digress. So here we go. Uh, They talk about it. Got it. Look, I'll be honest, man. I dig the bronze. I dig the bronze. I really do. I, I'm usually a sniper gray guy, and I like the sniper gray on this, but I'll, I'll tell you what, I dig that bronze. Woo, Nelly. So it's available in 5.56. It's available in uh, three, 300 uh, blackout, 5.7. And did I see a set? No, I didn't see a set. Okay, so there we go. There it is. There it is. Mm, that's pretty, guys. I'm not going to lie. That is pretty. That is super, super pretty. So, yeah. Ooh, ships with two magazines. Oh, nice. 
Scroll down some more. Look at the colors they got. They got some cool colors. Got, got themselves an Instagram. Oh, look at those people, those braces on there. Those darn braces. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. This this guy's black, though. He's not supposed to own guns, according to Joy Behar. <laughs> That's a good color. This is, a, this is the gray. The gray is really nice, too. But I do enjoy the bronze. <laughs> Got to tell you. Got to tell you. Uh, looks nice. Looks really nice. I enjoy it. We can go through the colors here. So you got your black, got your charcoal green. It's not a bad green. I'm just, I don't know. Don't do the green thing. Tan. That bronze, though. It's pretty, guys. Not going to lie. You got the sniper gray, which is also really, really nice. And then, of course, you got your titanium. Very cool. Oh, you can enter to win one. Look at that. And, yeah, it's two grand. So, you know, is it worth two grand? I don't know. Never had me a 5.7 AR pistol. <laughs> not sure. Not sure if it's worth two grand or not. But, you know, again, it's just got the side charger. Uh, so you get various various uh, charging grips on there. and it, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a good charger on there. It looks very comfortable. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> They got some education stuff on the pistol brace, which clearly the the boosy guy did not read. But <laughs> gotta love it, man! You gotta love it. So hopefully you uh, you enjoyed that last little bit. Three D print that, you dude. You could three D print an AR pistol. You know you got to get obviously the mechanical parts, but um, yeah, I like the gray. I do. I, I enjoy the gray quite a bit. Gray is uh, is really nice. Usually I go for a sniper gray on ARs. I enjoy sniper gray. Um, but I also really like bronze too, and I, I don't have any bronze, so that's probably why I'm looking at. You could conceal it, yes, but I don't think Boosie could conceal it. I don't think a Boosie could conceal an AR pistol. Just saying. All right. What do we got here? Um, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, we got to run. So I'm hungry. I'm going to go grab some lunch. It's almost one o'clock. And thank you so much for hanging out with us. Share this with anybody. I got to cut the audio and upload it as a podcast. And don't forget the radio show starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time right here on Rumble. So again, hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to the audio podcast, go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. We live stream the radio show from 95.3 MNC every single day on Rumble as well. So you can listen to it on the radio. You can listen to it on the mobile app, or you can go to Rumble and actually watch the video. So hopefully you have a great afternoon, and I will see you all in a little bit, 3 p.m. Take care.